Hi, I'm Paul Jacob. I'm talking to you from Taipei, Taiwan, outside the Chiang Kai-shek Memorial Hall. I'm here in Taiwan because, of course, they had a presidential election, an election for the legislature, nationwide election on Saturday, and the Democratic Progressive Party's candidate for president was elected, which, of course, the People's Republic of China, led by Chinazis, by the Communist Party of China, immediately declared that this is a dangerous guy that was elected. And he's dangerous, why? Because they don't like him. And because they may kill people and invade the country and take it over. And they've even threatened to re-educate the Taiwanese after they take it over. So he's a danger because he's going to provoke them to kill people and to take them over and to uh, repress them and re-educate them? Who's the danger? It's communist China. Now, when I was a kid, we sort of learned that Chiang Kai-shek was the good guy, Mao Zedong and the communists, they were the bad guys. Half right, Mao was an awfully bad guy, maybe history's biggest mass murderer. But Chiang Kai-shek was no good guy. He was a thug. And after World War II, when the nationalists took over Taiwan, they took it over with a vengeance against the Taiwanese people because they wanted to control everything and they were absolutely corrupt. And the Taiwanese were not very pleased with that. And so when an incident on 228, 1947, February 28th, in which uh, a bunch of bureaucrats decided to rough up a woman who was illegally selling cigarettes. It's, it sounds like, uh, what's his name, Gardner in New York City uh, in, in modern, in more modern times. But they roughed up this woman. A crowd didn't like it. They then, the national soldiers fired into the crowd, killed someone, and all of a sudden the island erupted. Now, a number of Taiwanese got together, students, professors, mayors, people of some stature, and tried to create a system in which they could have better governance and they wouldn't just be pushed around by a bunch of thugs and crooks. And that's how they saw the nationalist soldiers who came over and the, the person who was set up to, to lead the government by Chiang Kai-shek. And they saw it that way because that's exactly what it was. No one really disputes that today. But as they were forming these groups and trying to work to create some better governance, they were told, you know, kind of encouraged to do so while nationalist soldiers were being brought over. And once the nationalist soldiers came over, there was an awful bloodletting. They estimate that 10, 20, as many as 30,000 people were killed. Some of them killed in their front yard in front of their families. This was not a random thing, although there was lots of random killing and shooting into homes and so on. But there was also a very targeted massacre of people who might become leaders. 
This was an attempt to kill the elite, to wipe it out so that the nationalists could control. And literally for 40 years, nearly 40 years, after 1947, Taiwan was under martial law and people were regularly disappeared or arrested and held and tortured and sometimes executed. This is called the White Terror. And uh, the White Terror is more specifically the 10 to 20 plus thousand people who were killed right after uh, the 228 incident in 1947. But after 40 years of martial law, it was opened up only after Chiang Kai-shek was dead. He was no good guy. His son, thankfully, uh, did allow some reform and people throughout Taiwan agitated and agitated and took tremendous risks and paid tremendous prices to develop this island into arguably the freest, most democratic place in all of Asia. If you understand the history, this island was never controlled by anyone that could unite the whole island under their control until the Japanese, who took over in 1895 after winning Taiwan in a war uh, against China. And it took the, the Japanese more than a decade to consolidate control of the island. So this place belongs to the Taiwanese. It doesn't belong to the Japanese. It doesn't belong to the Dutch that had a fort here in the 1600s. It doesn't belong to the Spanish who also had a fort here at one point. It doesn't belong to the Chinese who never controlled all of Taiwan at any time in all of history. Plus, the PRC, the People's Republic of China, has never controlled Taiwan. So, it, you know, all this history doesn't matter in the sense that what, what 24 million people in Taiwan want is what they ought to get. It doesn't matter who planted a flag here 100 years ago or 50 years ago or what have you. But if you know the history of Taiwan, it is an independent history. I encourage you to go to StopTheChinazis.org and look for Taiwan's independent history because you will realize that the history of this island is very unique. And it's not Chinese history. It's Taiwanese history. So the people of Taiwan had a wonderful election here. I wish the people of China could have an election and pick their own leaders in a free and democratic system. But Taiwan is doing it, and they have every right to do it. And I, as, a, as an American, as someone who loves freedom and democracy, there's no better place in this world to showcase what can happen than Taiwan. This is the democratic success story of the last 50 or 100 years. We cannot let it be stamped out by a genocidal totalitarian like Xi Jinping.
take a look at Taiwan's independent history and take a look at the freest, most democratic country in Asia and support Taiwan. Thank you.